Hey everyone, before we get into this month's episode where I'm going to talk to Casey Brewer from United Rentals, um, I just wanted to say a few things. First of all, we do officially have our booth set for the ARA show. It will be booth 2607, 2607. We'd also like to invite anyone listening to our ARA reception. That'll be taking place the 17th of October. It'll be at the Renaissance Las Vegas Hotel from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. We'll have drinks. We'll have a Genius Bar if you're a Point of Rental customer. It'll be a good time. Uh, with that in mind, let's go ahead and get to the front porch. Welcome to the Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. So first of all, Casey, welcome to the Front Porch. I mean, normally people respond here, but that's okay. We're going to get rid of that part anyway. Sorry. I was on mute. I was on mute. Okay, can we do that again? Uh, I mean, I generally delete that part anyway, because I just like to start off, get you like, you know, feeling like it's a conversation at first. Yeah. Okay. But we'll, Sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll go with I'll it again. Off mute. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the front porch with Brian Beaudry. Casey. Welcome to the front porch. It's good to talk to you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Now, I mean, I technically said who you are, sort of, but who are you, where are you from, and what's the strangest food you've ever eaten? Oh, goodness. All right. So I am Casey Brewer. I live in Houston, Texas, and I am um, Inclusion and Diversity Programs Manager at United Rentals. And I guess the strangest food I've ever eaten... You know, it's it's not really that strange, but like sea urchin maybe just because it, it looks really scary, but it's actually good. Um, that seems pretty strange to me. I'll, I'll give okay. you credit for that being strange. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, then, then that's my answer. All right. Sea urchin. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's enough of a, a short little intro and we can really get into your story now. Okay. So what did oh, you right. want to be growing up when you were like eight to 10 years old? I don't even think I imagined of a thing called HR at that age. Yes, I had no clue what HR was, and I definitely did not know what diversity, inclusion, or, or equity was. Um, but I, I knew that I always wanted to be in a space to interact with people and to help people. And so um, just by watching TV and things like that, the, the easiest way for me to think about it was to do something in um, the medical profess- profession. So. You know, I was like, maybe I could be a nurse, maybe I could be a doctor. And then um, I, I kind of passed out at the sight of blood and things like that. So then I was like, you know what, maybe I could be a dentist. And then I realized there's still plenty of blood there. And then maybe I could be an ophthalmologist. And then I realized there's still blood there. So I had to go on on a different journey. To yeah, think you, do, you don't want your helpers help. passing it. You don't want your helpers <laughs> right. passing out if you're I would, in those Yeah, situations. I would no longer be helpful um, in certain situations. So I had to kind of think about how I could still uh, have that want to help others, but not necessarily from a medical perspective. And so that led me to kind of where I'm at now, um, of course, with a lot of other decisions along the way. Yeah, so I saw on your LinkedIn that you at least wanted to be in HR before you got done with college because you majored in it. So how did you discover that field? So I would say it, it, it obviously was still 
you know, eight-year-old self wanting wanting to to be around people and to help people. And so, actually, um, going into college, I I was still kind of considering how can I do something in the medical field. Um, but one of my best friends actually got hit in the eye, and that's when I lost my dream of becoming an ophthalmologist um, because. Every day that summer, her eye was a different color, and I could barely look at her, and I knew that I would need to be able to look at patients. So um, I considered accounting and things like that, but it just didn't make sense for me. And so I graduated uh, college early, so I had to choose my major whenever I was like 19 years old. And and just through conversation um, with with family members, everyone was trying to help Casey figure out what she was going to do with her life. And so I remember my aunt just telling me, hey, you know, you've always communicated with adults really well. You love having just really interesting conversations. You love helping people out. Have you ever thought about human resources? And I thought she actually, I thought human resources as a 19-year-old was actually public relations. (laughs) So um, I went and looked at degree plans at my school. Um, and stumbled upon uh, a degree plan in human resource development. Still was unclear, even whenever I was in the classes, what I would ever really do with it. Um, But I'm really thankful for the relationships I have along the way to kind of point me to where I've always had a natural aptitude. Um, And so I've been able to to learn and grow from there, but it was really um, looking for the right thing and just conversations (laughs) with my loved ones. And I, I still didn't even really know what it was until, you know, actually graduated and started working in the field. Kind of kind of an interesting story, kind of not. Um, but I, I am thankful that, you know, there's not a lot of people that kind of as a very young adult are just selecting human resources. But I am thankful that, that I was able to find that path early. Was that aunt in HR or why? No, no, my aunt was actually um, a teacher and a coach. She was my cheerleading coach. (laughs) I'm from a small town. And so she was the one that kind of just, I don't even, I don't even know if our school district even officially had an HR person at that time either. But so because she said that, I always loved the school system as well. So I actually thought that I would want to do HR for a school district. So as I was graduating college, I actually got my teaching certificate because at the time, in order to go into HR for a school district or what I wanted to do, you had to have two years of teaching experience with a certification. So I actually do have an expired um, teaching certification that I never used because I was able to find my way into the private sector kind of started in the recruiting space and really haven't looked back at the education system since, but I think that's probably because my aunt was a teacher as well. That's kind of where my ideas were formulating. So when you talk about, uh, you talk to adults really well and you relate and you like to have those conversations, it sounds like you're going to build a podcast that's probably way better than mine because I'm not as good at talking to people. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm, I'm better at uh, talking, getting other people to talk than talking myself sometimes. So, I mean, you never know. It, it just depends. Some days you're on, some days you're not. But but I do I do enjoy and love talking to people and being around people. So was there, ever, well, I guess, I mean, you kind of mentioned the, the teacher thing. Were, were there any other paths you thought you might head down at some point after your so, uh, dreams of being an ophthalmologist or whatever were dashed? <laughs> yeah, so I actually... Um, 
whenever I graduated college, um, the job market was not great at all. Um, and so it took me a little while to find my first kind of full-time role post-undergrad. And um, that's whenever I was getting my teaching certificate. I thought it was really interesting, but I didn't really see myself in a classroom setting. And I really was just looking for something to where I would kind of always know that I had some job security. So I actually started working on my master's in accounting for a few years. And then I realized um, I was going the complete opposite direction that I really wanted to go. And so I, um, you know, went ahead and stopped doing that. And I'm actually pursuing my master's in human resource development, same as my undergrad. Um, and I'm just kind of taking a class at a time and, and really enjoying the process now that I, that I have that background experience to really know what some of these things mean, where, you know, when you've never really been in industry before and you're working on your undergrad fresh out of high school, that re relatability is not as strong. And so I'm glad that accounting was not the path for me, but I'm also even more glad that it is the path for some people. So yeah. um, that was just kind of like a one-off squirrel moment that I had <laughs> um, yeah. along the way too. I'm sure it's also a lot better going back when it's like, yes, this is something I really love and have a passion for rather than like, I need to find something that's going to fit into a job. Yes, yes, exactly. And and so I, um, you know, whenever I first started my graduate program, I was like just taking two classes because, you know, that's part of it. You're supposed to kind of follow the class schedules and, and get out of school, you know, probably within two years. But yeah. with what I do um, and at pre-COVID, I traveled a lot. So it was really hard for me to manage two classes because in my grad program, it's a lot of group work. So a lot of scheduling around people with full-time jobs and then also a lot of writing papers. And so I, I wasn't loving it that first semester or two because it was just kind of too much with working full-time as well. So I just found a balance for me and I take one class at a time. And so I can actually really, really enjoy school and work at the same time. But it took me, you know, a little while to find what works for me. Okay. Well, you started off at United as an HR generalist. You moved up to a manager in HR. And based on what I've read, it seems like you're really the first legitimate full-time manager of inclusion and diversity programs there. Now, I have an yeah. associate's degree in HR management from my time in the Air Force. So I kind of want to explore what I might have missed out on by going into marketing. What does an <laughs> HR generalist do? So um, I guess we'll start with HR generalist and then kind of go with, with where I am today. So HR generalist is really it's been a few years since I've been there and every company has different roles for the different job titles. But what I really did was kind of a mix or a bridge between kind of HR representative work. So a lot of the administrative support piece, but also developing into that um, HR manager position. So where you're working more directly with leadership on making decisions based upon um, the employee, but still, you know, you're you play a huge role in the culture of your organization, making sure that employees have the best experience as possible, but also you have benefits, payroll questions that come your way, um, a lot of performance scenarios, and um, you're also heavily probably involved in recruitment as a generalist. And then um, as you move into an HR manager role, some of those roles, just I guess the weight of where you spend your time is more or less. And so 
you spend a lot more time with with leadership and then of course with the employee a little less administrative but of course you're talking to people all day long um, and so for with me whenever I was in those roles I supported a business unit that um, had locations in the U.S. and Canada and so whenever I kind of started with the company we had around 200-ish employees that I supported and then by the time I was leaving and moving into an inclusion and diversity position. We had just a little under a thousand. So given that that amount of growth and like say a five-year period, um, my role was heavily influenced on the recruiting onboarding piece and just the expansion. Uh, that was a lot of the conversations I was having with leadership is how do we grow? But of course, every organization, it just depends on where you're at in your journey. So that's where a lot of my experience was because of that growth. And then how I got into where I'm at now is actually, you know, just completely random. I was actually exploring an opportunity. Someone at United Rentals um, kind of approached me with a position in um, learning and development, which I'm super passionate about. That's actually the human resources development degree that I have is actually kind of an educational learning and development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually, you know, adult learning and things like that, that, that I find fascinating. And so um, part with the role, I, I needed to relocate. And so it was a role that, that really interests me. Um, so I went through the interview process, got to know a little bit more about the role, but it just didn't make sense for my husband. I had to move across the country at the time. And so kind of decided, hey, it's it's better for you to stay in your HR manager role. I just said, hey, I, I really like the. So there was a, a little tiny piece of diversity and inclusion with that role that I was kind of exploring. And I said, hey, whoever gets the role, I would really love to partner with them because the diversity and inclusion piece, I don't know much about it, but it kind of spoke to me and, and I, I want to get better there. I want to learn more there. Um, and so my boss now, <laughs> I was speaking with at the time, is like, well, how about we carve some of that out and and you work closely with me on it and we can consider it like a special project for your development and we'll see where it goes. And so that was in 2016. And so that see where you go um, had many projects to follow, but my first engagement was um, becoming the HR sponsor for our female employee resource group called Women United. And so I, I got really engaged there, learned a lot about what we were doing, how we could do more, um, how we could really do what the employees wanted to do, um, but still influence the way that we do business at United Rentals. And so from there, I just kept getting more passionate about it, doing a lot more research, talking to my now boss about it a whole lot more. And so it just evolved into a lot of projects. And so we had the conversation like, hey, this there is a need for this at United Rentals for it to be a full-time position. I, I wanted it to be me in that full-time role. Um, so I helped kind of build out that program. Um, and so that I was transitioning and balancing my HR manager role and the, the DNI assignments or uh, projects for about two years. And then it just made sense um, for me to move into a full-time DNI program manager um, in January of 2020. And that is where I'm at now. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a good, good way to get a job. Uh, just put that idea out there and kind of work until it becomes a thing. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, you mentioned a little bit of Women United, but can you tell me a little bit about the programs y'all have, uh, Women United, Veterans United, and Together United? Uh, what are you doing to help develop those programs? I've seen that they're pretty big, so I'm going to ask you to keep these descriptions a little short or else we won't be able to get to the rest of the interview. Yeah, yeah. So Women United, um, I've touched on it a little bit, and it's really our goals are to really lead the transformation of the construction industry in regards to gender diversity. So how can we focus on attracting, recruiting, and developing, kind of accelerating all of that for females at United Rentals, but by us, what we're doing at United Rentals, how can that also give back to the construction industry, the rental equipment industry to really help be, you know, a catalyst for change um, specific to gender diversity. Um, and then Veterans United is... Well, is hold on. Can, can, I, yep. can I ask, uh, yeah. what are some of those things that um, are promoting gender equity and equality in uh, the industry? Yeah, so some of the things that, that we do through Women United, um, we have kind of three different pillars. And that is um, kind of the, the new hire onboarding and recruiting piece. When any new female joins our organization, um, Women United reaches out to them. We have a new hire networking call and we make sure that we kind of partner all of our females that want to be engaged with Women United together almost like a new hire cohort so they can, even though they may be from all over North America or even um, in a few European countries, um, we try to create a network of new employees that enter the company around the same time to really uh, make sure they have that that comfort and any questions that they have. We just want to make sure that all of our women have a really amazing onboarding experience into the company. And so that's kind of a pillar of ours. Another is career development. And so we focus on developing ourselves at United Rentals through our career plan um, and our, our talent process, but also work on ourselves as individuals. So for example, this year, um, Women United developed two different learnings that we're actually bringing to the full company, just kind of in layers. One was go for the goal. So how can we sometimes just stop and think about, you know, there's a lot of research out there that if you don't write your goals down, you likely, you know, you're X amount, like less likely to achieve them. So we have made that foundational in the last 12 months or so. And um, are hosting learning events virtually through um, small group roundtable discussions. Um, it's not just for women, it's sponsored by women and, and heavily um, participated in by women, but we also have men that, that join those go for the goal sessions as well. And we also, at the end of last year, rolled out a, a virtual learning for Women United um, around imposter syndrome. So each year we kind of have a career development focus um, that leads our development and the way that we, the topics that we come together to connect and network around and to have discussions. And then um, our third pillar is community outreach. And so a lot of our community outreach is specific to organizations that are specific to, to women or girls outside of our company. So one organization that we're, um, we have a corporate sponsorship is National Association of Women in Construction. And so we Anyone who wants to be a part of that organization at United Rentals, we pay for their annual membership. We have a corporate sponsorship. So that is some, there's a lot of opportunity there to give back. Um, we go out and do um, women build days with Habitat for Humanity with some of our customers as a way to really 
um, educate others on the potential that females have in the construction space. Um, yeah. We do a lot of girls camps and things like that. So those are kind of real life situ scenarios um, on how our Women United members actually engage and interact. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I remember uh, yeah. the North American Women in Construction would uh, they'd sponsor a bunch of drafting contests. I was in, in high school, I thought I was going to be an architect. So I was in some of these things. And I just yeah. remember like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and their NAWIC's really big thing is um, um, blocking. Good, I was going to call them NAWIC, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> actually what they go by, but I always thought that yeah. was Yeah, yeah, the, we, a lot of our members participate in the block kids, and so they, you know, the kids actually build things with blocks, and it's, I would say that's one of their um, bigger uh, children outreach sort of programs, um, and then they also have touch a truck where, you know, every, um, at least every little boy's dream is to, you know, play with machines and equipment and things like that. And we have a lot of that at United Rentals. So we'll often host or donate equipment um, to participate in a, in a touch a truck where they get to go up in a boom lift or get to sit, um, you know, in the driver's seat of a forklift or even some big heavy dirt equipment sometimes just depending on what's available so that's another way that we just tried to help further educate the youth on um, a path a future yeah. career path in construction Okay, sorry, we interrupted and now let's get to Veterans United. All right, so Veterans United is kind of what it, what it sounds like. Um, it is um, an ERG focused on supporting our veterans. And so it's not only for veterans, um, it's also for anyone that supports our veterans. So it's open for everyone, but really focused at veterans and military spouses. And so they too do a similar kind of new hire welcome because those that transition directly from the military into civilian life working for a private organization, there's a whole lot of change there that someone that's not in the military like myself cannot fully grasp because I've never experienced it. So yeah, they give you, they give you like a couple of weeks on the, on the way out yeah. and it's like, okay, well, that's not enough. Right, right. It's not enough. It's never enough. And, and even things that we've learned, you know, like in the military, um, like an HR department is much different and you're kind of taught not to kind of speak out of rank or like go to a department and ask a question. There's a tight line to follow where at United Rentals specifically, it doesn't matter anyone's title. You can ask anyone anything and the HR department is more than just where you go to maybe file you know, a complaint or something. There's actually a lot of help that can be given um, within that department. So how do we make sure that there's no barriers there and there's um you know all of our veterans are paired with another veteran employee um, to help them just navigate that first year or two at united rentals and this year we're focusing on roundtables with um, some of our veterans on what else do we want to see uh, how can we better support veterans at united rentals um, another thing that 
that all veterans get whenever they join is like a, a safety vest that has that they're a military veteran. So in the U.S., there's U.S. flags underneath it. In Canada, there's the um, Canadian flag underneath it. And we're working on some design for our new team members in Europe um, that were also service members. So there's the recognition piece. And a lot of our veterans also have their military veteran designation on their company vehicle if they, if they have one. And then we're kind of just trying to focus more on development and how can we get to a better place with discussing mental health for our um, military veterans at United Rental specific to PTSD. And so, um, or what we're talking about is post-traumatic growth, not necessarily always um, you know, the term that, that has been used in, in the past. So that's some things that we'll be talking, having roundtables, um, really listening to our employees to see what can we do as an employee resource group to do more, but also what can United Rentals do as a company. And then there's also the community outreach piece where as a company, we are sponsors of an organization called the Fisher House. And if you don't know what the Fisher House is, um, most people know what like a Ronald McDonald House is. And so it's a similar scenario, um, but for military veterans and their families as they're getting treatment at a hospital facility. Um, so there's um, Fisher Houses all throughout the United States. And then there's an, another organization in Canada called Valor Place that we also have um, a relationship with. And so, um, the Fisher House is always building new houses, and so we provide um, construction equipment for all of their new builds, but then we also um, have relationships with all their existing houses to be there for them whenever they need it. And so that's kind of the, the community outreach piece for Veterans United. That's cool. So you guys have yeah. like these three pillars for each of these, um, each of these groups? Yeah, yeah. And then... Together United is a, a little bit different. And so um, it's our, basically our diversity and inclusion employee resource group. And so there's two pillars within Together United and that is education and awareness and then career development. So from an education and awareness perspective, we have Together United allies, which um, cover a whole vast um, and variety of topics because diversity is is more than just what the what the eye can see, and yeah. so we have many different topics. Of course, we have um, a Black Heritage Month, we have Women's History Month. That there's an ally group for for each of these. We have um, Hispanic and Latino or Latinx um, and, and are Heritage these all, Month. Sorry, are these like? all together history or are these like kind of within the industry and you're kind of uh, emphasizing within industry stuff? So we're talking about them just in general. They're bringing awareness to the community. Um, but okay. also a lot of our conversation is how can we make an impact and how does this relate to construction? For yeah. instance, for um, Hispanic and Latinx Heritage Month, we kind of did a lot of research on how the Hispanic heritage has really influenced um, the construction world in the United States. So that was kind of an educational moment in itself. But then we also had employees share videos with their family members on just what their heritage means to them now. A lot of them are first-generation Americans. And so there's just really, really beautiful stories there. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, we try to, um, to learn through 
the head and the heart. Um, and so a lot of sometimes it's kind of more data conversations that we have. Sometimes, most of the times, it's more experience, experiential and sharing stories so that we can learn from someone else. Someone else. Yeah, uh, just, but we also just have getting those topics. other people's stories is huge. In yes, yes, yes. We don't need to go out and kind of look beyond our walls there because we have plenty of stories to share here. But we also have like a general generational bias month. We also um, focus on hunger and homeless awareness month, which is November. And so all of our ERGs actually come together to, to support Together United there. So we each month we have a different ally focus. But those ally groups are actually connected and staying kind of focused on their topics throughout the entire year. Um, but we just really highlight them on another level during the month that's kind of assigned in our, our calendar year. So that's the, the ally program. That's cool. Yeah, that makes that makes a little more sense like organizationally to, to do it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a lot of they have a lot of influence on just our internal communications and things like that. Our CEO spends a lot of time there. Each of our ERGs have executive sponsors. And so our executive sponsor there is Craig Pintoff, my boss, who he's over all of our, our people things at United Rentals. So um, we look to the ERGs to give us a whole lot of feedback on like, you know, we have these ideas, but um, is this really the right thing to do at United Rentals? And they're very open and honest in giving us feedback all the time, which is what we want and need. But one, one last thing on Together United is the career development piece. And we have a program called Your Pathway. Um, and it's a coaching program to where anyone interested that wants to, to be paired with a coach uh, that maybe has a little bit more experience with the company, maybe a little more experience outside of United Rentals. Um, we do that uh, participant and coach pairing where we have around 400 participants meeting coaches and participants that are actively engaged in the career development piece, kind of having that one-on-one coaching experience that's specific to what their wants and needs are. Not So it's not some pre-designed program, um, but we do have the design in the back on how to um, pair participants with coaches. So that's under um, it's, it's not a mentor. We don't we don't want to call it a mentor program, yeah. so we call it a coaching program uh, in Together United as well. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I want to ask you about one other like HR related thing. So okay. I know that a lot of companies, particularly smaller ones, when they're hiring, they do it based on employee referrals because I mean your employees know what the work is. They're probably going to be happier if they're working with their friends. There's a lot of be- benefits to going that route. Um, often though, it'll lead to a less diverse workplace. So, I, I mean, we tend to hang out with people that have a lot of the same views as we do. Uh, how would you recommend a business leader balance that desire to get those first set of benefits with the benefits that you get from actively pursuing a diverse, inclusive workplace? Yeah, so everything you said is, is spot on. So even at United Rentals, we're uh, a bigger company. We have 20,000 employees, but around 40% of our hires in the past have come through the employee referral process. And so what we've done is um, through our employee resource groups, which a lot of our employee resource group members are diverse. And so we try to really um, make sure that that we're kind of focused in on is there specific things that we can do through our employee resource groups to really enhance um, how we promote employee referrals that way. 
Um, but also we challenge all of our managers to go outside of the box and build a talent pipeline in a place that they normally wouldn't. So that they are creating a network that it, it isn't someone that necessarily looks just like them. Like don't always go to your same university or organization. Um, you know, there are like there's um, a Black Contractors Association and a lot of other associations that we're trying to build stronger relationships with so that we're, um, you know, really making sure that United Rentals is a known name in all communities, not just the ones that it's historically been in. Um, and, and that is the challenge. There's a lot of organizations out there that are they're wonderful and they're super competitive. So what are we doing at United Rentals to not only just attract customers, but how are we also just wanting to be a best-in-class organization and an employer of choice for all? And so we've had to get strategic and we're replacing our name, um, specifically from a recruitment perspective. Last week, we participated in um, a diverse fraternity uh, online networking event where some of our employees were actually members of that fraternity. So we made sure that they were present along with our recruiters so that we can build um, a relationship there. We haven't had one in the past, but we want to make sure that we have one um, in the future. So really just being strategic with the connections that you have um, yeah. and just building upon that externally. Okay, let's end the section on a less serious note. I watched, there's a video of you at, about you as an HR manager on the United Rentals YouTube page. Okay, before we go into the next set of questions, I want to point out that we do have the link to the video that we're going to discuss in our show notes. So if you want to go look for that uh, and watch it, then the next few questions will make a lot more sense. Uh, one of the things I love about being in marketing is just overanalyzing the B-roll for these videos because there's always a bunch of B-roll. Uh, if you're good with breaking down the video, then I'd like to ask you a bunch of questions about that. Are, are you good with it? <laughs> I am. I think I know which one it is. Um, okay. Let, let's, let's do it. All right. So how long did it take you to shoot? Because there's a lot of B-roll. So how, I mean, you weren't in all of them, but how many? How long did it take? <laughs> so they actually, some of the B-roll they, they used whenever they were shooting in Louisiana. So I actually flew to Dallas to do my video. And it probably took like five hours of video to make that one and a half minute video. Yeah, I mean, people don't understand how much like, <laughs> back effort there is to trim it down to these short things. Yeah, and like if they're trying to get a good natural laugh, that takes like 100 <laughs> real laughs in order for them to get the one laugh that they're really looking for. Lots of walking down the road, look left, look right, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was all done. It was almost a full day, but I would say straight filming was five hours. That's not like driving to and from the different locations that we went to and things like that. So it's probably all in all like a 10 hour day. Yeah, I, I saw, so at one point, there's like a solid 10 consecutive seconds of you shaking a lot of people's hands because you know, you're out there, you're <laughs> talking to the employees, you're, you're building those relationships. So are there a bunch of outtakes from this where you're doing like fist bumps or dapping people up? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you did like a too slow at some point? Well, so um, we would say like really, funny thing just so we could laugh and continue to shake hands um we were yeah. talking just about how awkward it is to film <laughs> you know um but actually i think that's probably our quickest um point because i think i was actually really leaving a branch um okay. while we were while we were doing all the the politicking uh shaking hands so yeah. <laughs> it was 
it was fun. <laughs> so is, is the shaking of hands your usual go-to greeting gesture or do you do a different thing? Generally, pre-COVID, I shook a lot of hands. Um, yeah. But people that I, I know a little bit more, um, so I am from the South. Yeah. And so I'm a hugger, but I'm yeah. not going to come at, come in and hug someone that you just know that maybe they're not a hugger. Um, yeah. But now with COVID, maybe I'm not a hugger anymore the rest of my life. That may not be a thing. Okay. But prior, you know, like you build relationships with people. So some, there's a handshake. Some, it's, hey, I missed you. Come in for the hug. All right. So, I mean, it seems like you've maybe already answered this one, but was the place where you were typing actually your office? Because I got to say, from what we can see, it looked pretty empty in there. No, nope, it was a complete empty building. And they were, okay. um, they had to make shift that to be my office. <laughs> I was going to say, because it looked like, wow, your your office is really depressing here. Yeah, like maybe there wasn't even electricity. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, um, it was at a newer location that had, you know, less people to um, yeah. to have to ask Work them to move out of their office. Yeah. It's always uncomfortable. You're, you're good at this. Yeah, you're good at this. Oh, um, I've done a lot of on-site shoots and how these things work. Uh, we waited a couple of weeks to record the show, even though this episode isn't coming out for like several weeks after we record it because you were heading out on a big trip. How was Abu Dhabi? What were you there for? Is travel something you're passionate about? I love to travel, um, but I probably would not have traveled during a pandemic um, to Abu Dhabi, but my brother actually um, lives in Abu Dhabi. And so... Uh, he and his wife welcomed a little boy on June 23rd, which is my first little nephew. And so I, um, I had to go and meet him. So we actually met them in Dubai, spent a few days in Dubai, and then went to Abu Dhabi, spent some time in the desert, and then some time on the coast. And it um, July is not the ideal time to go <laughs> yeah. to the Middle East, because <laughs> on average, it was like 118 degrees Fahrenheit a day. And then um, what some people may not realize about the UAE is that it's right there on the Persian Gulf. So super humid too. So not only is it 118 degrees, it's a balmy 118 degrees, but So was it a step up from Houston Um, then? Because I feel like Houston, you should- It was on another level from Houston. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you just like can't really get any wind or anything and the other thing is like going to the ocean um you would think that that would be some relief like getting in the water but it's really just like one big ocean hot tub yeah, so it doesn't sound um great. yeah but their air conditions are a little bit better over there so all you had to do is find somewhere to go inside but it was okay. it was awesome we'll be back okay that sounded i mean it, after your explanation of the place it or description, it didn't sound so great, but turned it around at the end, like, okay, I would go back. <laughs> I would go back. Um, we we went dune bashing in the desert. Um, the beaches are beautiful. Um, it's just when you go in the summer, it's very hot. Just so don't go in the summer, my, got it. Just don't go in the summer, yes. Okay, do you have any other hobbies besides travel? I'm, I'm kind of boring, um, but I do like flowers. And with the pandemic, I well, before the pandemic, I traveled a lot and could never keep plants alive. And so I told my husband just this week, 
that I think my new hobby is going to be like flower gardening. Um, and the goal is just to keep them alive. Like that's a big deal. I used to not be able to do that. So um, I think that's where I'm going. I think that's a good goal for a gardener to keep your flowers alive. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and I like um, kind of house stuff. Uh, my husband and I just recently completed a, a two-year house flip. And so um, I'd say that's where a lot of our hobbies <laughs> have went um, over the last two years. Okay, yeah, I can see there not being much time for other hobbies. Okay, yeah. what is one trait that successful leaders have in common in your opinion? In my opinion, it would be really um, a passion for people and really understanding and wanting to know where people are coming from. So um, if I had to put it in just a few words, I'd say a passion for people. Okay, so the HR people that I know have some pretty fun senses of humor. Have you ever pulled a prank or had anyone pull a prank on you? What's the best one you've been a part of? I have like gotten some fake resignation letters, you know, first thing in the morning from some of our leaders. And then they're just, you know, like, ha, gotcha, where to me, that's not a prank. That's just evil. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if you don't like the person, then do you just process it and be like, all right, well, I mean, you wrote it. Too bad. Yeah, no, never. Um, but I don't, I don't know of like, um, of a, of a better prank than that, other than just a lot of silly conversation along the way. Well, let's get into the important questions then. Five important questions. Five important, Five questions. important questions. Five important questions. Uh, what would you say is your greatest success in life? I would say my greatest success currently is is not necessarily my success but maybe something that I think is most important in my life is like my relationship with my family husband loved ones and friends um you know like it's it's just one of those things that it's, it's very important to me and nothing kind of else matters if that's not there but if I think of like just in terms of kind of work and where I spend a whole lot of my time. One of my really big success stories is kind of getting to do what I do every day in the inclusion and diversity space. I've shared a little bit about how I got here. I just had no idea 10 years ago that this would even be an opportunity. And so it wasn't just my success. It was a whole lot of people allowing me this opportunity. But I'd say it's something that I'm most proud of, um, if that answers the question. That does answer the question. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice when you started your career, what would it be? It's okay that you don't have it figured out right now um, because it's likely something's going to come along that you have no idea exists. There's no way that you could plan for it, but it's all going to work out. What's the most embarrassing moment in your career? I was not feeling well for a meeting and I had to do a presentation and I could feel myself like weak and I pretty much passed out, but I kept talking. And then everyone was like, Casey, sit down. <laughs> and I was like, can someone read the PowerPoint slide for me? And they're like, I think something's wrong. And so they were like about to call 911. I was like, look, I just need to eat. I don't feel well. And I passed out during the presentation many wow. years ago. No, that sounds pretty intense. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. But now we all laugh about it. Good on you for continuing even when you're passed out, apparently. To yeah, well, I didn't, you know, I knew I had a time frame and I didn't really know what was going on. So <laughs> might as all well right. hang around, you know? Well, sorry, though, you've been sentenced to death because it's illegal now to pass out in front of a meeting while you're presenting. So right. and, and now it's a capital offense. So what is your last meal and why? Cheese enchiladas with a side of Sour Patch Kids because I love Mexican weird combination, food. I'm just going to say. <laughs> no, I love Mexican food. Um, cheese enchiladas are kind of my thing. Um, and then my second love is sour candy, gummy candy, the stuff that gives you cavities, and um, Sour Patch Extremes or the Sour Mike and Ikes. And I'd probably, you know, just eat the enchilada first, savor the candy until it's my time to go, you know? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Like, I feel like mixing them back and forth is not going to be Yeah, no, great. I need a drink of water in between the two. But okay. yeah. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Well, can I get two things? I'll allow it. And then I'm just going to edit okay. out whichever one I don't like. I'm okay, just so I would I like... I would like, I'm kind of short. I would like to be a little taller sometimes. That would, that would be nice to like be able to see something sometimes. As far as like individuality, one thing I wish that I could have that I don't have is probably more patience. You know, sometimes I get ahead of myself and I want everything to, to kind of be on my schedule and my time. So I would, I would like to have more in the patience sector of life so I was able to get some. Yeah, I don't think that's something that you just go go out to the store acquire. <laughs> yeah, if I could fill up my patient's tank, that'd be nice. Uh, if you could yeah. change one thing about the rental industry, what would it be? I think it would be that we could maybe be a little more innovative. Like I think a lot of people are super proud. I'm proud to be in the rental space, um, but sometimes we kind of always look to each other to see how it's going, how we should do things. Maybe just think outside the box a little bit more. What is your spirit spice? It's like a spirit animal, but with spices. Probably the slap your mama spice is like a staple at my house. Um, I, I'm from the Texas, Louisiana border. So it's a good seasoning, but a little bit spicy. That's kind of how I feel like myself. You know, I can be spicy when I need to be. Um, so I'd say slap your mama. <laughs> All right. That's going to be a fun, <laughs> fun phrase to just take. Context later. <laughs> Tell me a secret about the rental industry. All of the people that I know that are in the rental industry and have been in the rental industry forever, um, like really good people, really hard worker, but like really compassionate industry. Um, and even though, you know, you may be competing at times, your, your paths may cross now um, or cross later. I feel like there's just a lot of respect um, and maybe outside the industry, people don't see it that way. Yeah, it's definitely something that's come across in a lot of interviews that I've had and just talking with people is, yeah, generally, yeah. it's a lot friendlier mm -hmm. and more cooperative industry than a lot of other ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, thank you for joining me today, Casey, and I yeah. look forward to seeing you around. All right, thank you so much. All right. Had fun. All right, bye-bye. I'd say slap your mama. <laughs>